It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Friday, May 26th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is wrapping up goalie week. Yeah, it's like shark week. Yeah, it's been a a really good week, and today we're going to address the free agent market for goaltending in the NHL, as well as talk about a couple of draft-eligible goalies that we didn't talk about and why. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL. When you enter the promo code LockedOnNHL, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. You can subscribe or follow us for free over on YouTube. We're now on the SiriusXM app as well. But anywhere you listen to podcasts, subscribe to get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Russ, uh, as we are recording this, uh, Team USA at Worlds just wrapped up a 3 to nothing shutout of Czechia in quarterfinal action. And a uh, real good result for Team USA. Uh, much to my chagrin, Casey DeSmith is playing really well in net in the tournament. But uh, uh, let's talk about Cutter Gautier because he was one of the three goal scorers uh-huh. in the game. And uh, it was off a set play, uh-huh. which I absolutely love. And it was five on five. And they've been sort of emphasizing Cutter Gautier's power play presence in this tournament. So to see him score off a set play, Five on five, like that's the kind of extra I want to see in this tournament from him. Yeah, that that part's good. I mean, you know, he has that good shot. They pulled it off. I'm not going to tell you the goaltending is great on Czechia. I'm not. No. But you still have to pull off the play, and and that's fine. And he did that. Um, You know, something you have to, that will get talked about, and we've talked about it a little bit, is he's not playing center in this tournament. And so, and so, you know, there is going to be a point where the rubber meets the road for him next year after the college season, when he gets to the flyers. And I just don't know, I don't think they're going to use him at center. And I think David Quinn is kind of doing the right thing here by putting him on the wing, because again, that's his fastest path to the NHL, honestly. Yeah. I think it it is interesting. Um, And in some ways I want to thank David Quinn for doing this Mm -hmm. because I think it is showing how good he is on the wing and against this kind of competition. This It's a really good example of what he could look like in the NHL. And I think you're right there. And it's going to be a really interesting transition back to Boston College for next season. And are they going to now start playing him on the wing? Are the Flyers going to see what he's doing in Worlds and say, Hey, BC, play him on the wing because this is what we're going to want from him. Or what they need, too. So it's going to depend on the roster. Uh, They're going to have Will Smith there. So Mm -hmm. chances are Goche might not be needed uh, at center because they'll probably have two other centers at least. So you don't want him to play third line center. But I mean, he would play second line center. But even then, do you want him playing second line center? He's going to play second line no matter what. So that's the question. 
that's going to come up because no matter what, he'll be on the second line because that whole U.S. line is going there. It's going to be an interesting discussion and negotiation between the Flyers and Boston College and, you know, what's best for his development uh, overall as we get into next season. But uh, yeah, some some good work from Cutter Gautier at Worlds. So good to see. So looking at the goaltending free agent market, um, we talked about this a little bit earlier this week, but didn't really dig into it. But the pickings are slim <laughs> this year. And, you know, a lot of the top goaltenders obviously are signed through multiple year contracts. And if you look at, you know, who is potentially available to the Flyers, just from an organizational depth perspective, we talked about the role that they need to fill is that third goaltender that's going to play primarily with the Phantoms, but also be available for call-ups, but is going to likely have to go through waivers. And so you want somebody that's not going to get picked up on waivers. And that is just a, a an almost impossible needle to thread. It is. Um, but you had to have seen this coming. And this is where teams like the Flyers should have seen this coming. Every goalie now has been signing a two-year deal ever since a couple of years ago when most teams are using two and their second one for more than 25 games. So last couple off-seasons, guys are all getting signed to two-year deals unless you're worried about them getting hurt. But even Matt Murray got signed to a two-year deal. So yep. this shouldn't be a surprise to the Flyers, but I guess it is. So now they're going to have to adjust for it and they're going to have to sign somebody uh, for probably a two-year deal as well, and they're going to have to figure out who that is. Yeah, and it almost makes me think that they would want to hang on to Felix Sandstrom because he's less likely to be picked up in waivers if he has to you know, get a call up and be sent down. But then at the same time... There's an injury, though. He's going to get picked up. That's the problem. I know. Yeah, that that is the problem. But the other problem, too, is then you're still in the situation where all your goaltenders are on the same contract timeline. And so they really do need to have a two-year deal goaltender as much as, you know, maybe those contracts aren't as ideal as a one-year for the team. Just the way the league That's, is. Like, there's nothing yeah. to do about it. Just browse cap friendly. See who's available. Real, like, no, David. No. That's what you know, hold, hold on. Hold on. Yeah. That's what you and I will do to find them a goalie, they should already yeah. have guys in mind. And yeah. chances are it should be like a, a veteran that's overseas that has never been here. So you could sign them to an ELC and keep it cheap and give that, mm. make it a two-year deal. That's what you should have been scouting for this whole time. I mean, they have European scouts. Danny's been there for months and months and months. You know, somebody should have looked at this and said, hey, Let's go scout what's going on there now. And maybe they are at the world championships and maybe they'll sign somebody. But even that's a little late, but, you know, better late than never. But that's what the plan should have been, Rachel. And that's the thing. This is why I can't give Danny a pass for a lot of things that are going on because he's been there and he could recommend things. And he was able to do a little bit anyhow, even before he was named interim. But the, by the time he was named interim, like there should have been a list of things that that he you know, wanted to take care of. And that should have been near the top. Yeah, I mean, I think in theory, you are right there. I want to give a, a, you know, a sliver of a chance that they have actually done that thing. Sure. And we just don't know it. And so I don't want to 
outright condemn him for not doing that kind of legwork because that legwork could have been done and we don't know. So, uh, you know, put it that asterisk. Oh, you figure the sign would have happened already, though? That's the only thing. You figure... Well, but I think they would have to trade Sandstrom before they could do it. Uh, They don't really have to. All they have to do is keep him under contract, start him at Lehigh and call him up one week and they'll lose him. Like, you know what I mean? They don't have to. That's fair. But in terms of, you know, looking at the existing goaltender pool, I mean, is there anybody on that list? Maybe JF Barube is a free agent, but I would think he'd re-sign with that organization. Probably will. Um, you know, Alex Lyon will be a free agent, but I wouldn't think he'd want to come back. I don't think he's going to come back. Yeah. It's just like, um, there's too many like ex flyers, goaltenders out there. That's part of the problem. Troy Grosnick's contract is expiring. Um, and he was injured. So who knows? I would love to see them bring back Zane McIntyre, but I think he was great for the Phantoms, but He's not as good a call-up option. No, that's, and that's the, problem. the problem. You need a guy, yeah, as a call-up option. So there's no, there's not a lot. And that's where I think you need to look overseas. I do. Yeah, I, I think that's... And it's obviously not Russia. Is. When I'm talking overseas, we're not talking about Russia because that's hard enough. Get a suite or a check. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, although, although, to be fair, and I don't know because I didn't look at it, you saw that a bunch of Russians signed ELCs recently. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't know. I don't know if there are any free agents that came over hoping to sign. I haven't seen anything written about it, but there could be some guys that came over that were done with their KHL duties, and maybe there's a guy there that you know we're unaware of. I don't know. The only other option uh, I think right now that seems intriguing is Malcolm Subban, um, who's a UFA this year. I think he does have. You can potentially call him up he's still not playing i think he's staying there because yeah i think i know i think they have problems with pekka lukin and that they're gonna have to make a decision on him and suban is a lot easier option to kind of keep there especially if they're maybe going to deal pekka lukin because they're just not sure on him at this point i know well and martin jones is a ufa as well but (laughs) you know (laughs) (laughs) he's not he's not signing as a third goalie he's not no, he is not. He's looking for a starting job after what he did this year. So that's a whole I know. Situation. I know. the 1B. So really, again, the pickings are slim. They are. Um, everybody else, you know, further up on the list, even than, you know, Brian Elliott or Martin Jones or even Anthony Stolarz, who's a free agent. But I think he's going to resign. He's going to resign um, in Anaheim, I'm sure. In Anaheim as well. Like, they're just more kind of top level goaltenders that are either going to resign or take a top, you know, one a or one B position on, well, more likely a one B position on another team. That's where we are in free agency. So that's uh, what we've been raising the alarm bells about. Uh, In the meantime, uh, we did cover a ton of draft eligible goaltending prospects this week. You can go back and listen to those episodes. If you haven't yet, we're going to just touch on a few that, we didn't talk about and uh, Russ is going to say why he did not want to include them. We will do that coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by bird dogs. I look better and feel great wearing bird dog shorts and pants. Their stretchy fabric makes me look good and they're comfier than my shorts and pants. Uh, they also have a, a cotton fabric. That's really nice too. And, and you know, again, same inside. Uh, they, they definitely are good for long-term wear. I've been using them for walking the dog, even longer walks on my own, doing yard work. 
Uh, you could, you know, again, for wearing them kind of like all day long, they're actually really good. Uh, they're short, they're perfect for tailgating and baseball games. And, you know, they're good for the drive home too. If you're going to be on a long drive one day, you can wear them too. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL. When you enter the promo code locked on NHL, they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs, Yeti style tumbler with every order. We are, of course, wrapping up goalie week this week, but we've got a lot more in store uh, as we lead up to the draft. We're going to get back to the skaters in our draft uh, coverage next week, as well as more of what the Flyers should be doing this offseason. So tune in then. Russ, uh, we covered Jacob Fowler, Carson Bjarnason, Adam Gajon, Ewan Huey, Noah Erlinden, Trey Augustine, and Michael Harabal this week. That's a good list. Real good list, I think. Yes, solid list. There's a lot of guys there. So there's some other goaltenders that are ranked, you know, a little higher than some of these guys. Mm. Um and we chose not to talk about them. Uh, one of them is Scott Ratzleff, and uh, he's a Canadian goaltender. And we did mention, you know, the relative weaker uh, goalie pipeline in Canada right now. Uh, but Scott has been playing for Seattle in the WHL and kind of, I think, the the word on him is that he's played a couple of really, you know, highlight real games in key moments, but overall maybe has a weaker record. Yeah, I wish I could say I've had a lot of views. I saw him in the top prospects game and just seen highlights. Uh, you know, I, I, I've seen him make some great saves on low shots. Uh, he stopped a, uh, a Riley Height Michigan chance, which was good. One-on-one, uh, -on -one, he had real good body position. I'm not saying I wouldn't draft him. I'm just saying I didn't feel comfortable talking about him on the show because I just didn't see enough of him. And so I kind of left him out, even though I knew he was in the top prospects game. So that's just, you know, that's on me. I wasn't going to catch up on it. So uh, you mentioned his performance in the top prospects game, uh, 24 saves on 25 shots. Uh, he was the goaltender on the other side of Connor Bedard. Right. So that was uh, something to behold, <laughs> watching him have to deal with that kind of pressure from that line. Um you know, he played for Team Canada in the Holinka Cup uh, with a 4-0 and record, 976 save percentage. So he can step up in these big moments. He was good in that. Um, I remember that. I do. So, you know, but with Seattle, now Seattle, you know, isn't the best team, not the worst team either, but that record reflects that. He was 25-8 and eight this past season, a 918 save percentage, uh, but a, a real solid 2 point one five goals against average that's well below three so if the flyers were would pick him wouldn't complain about it again but i i think some of the other guys we talked about are definitely more appealing yeah i mean look he is going to the mem cup and if he does do well in the mem cup uh that could that could boost him i've seen seen that happen so you know i'm sure there's a couple teams that do really want him i just mm -hmm. like i said i just it's hard for me, you know, to say, yeah, I would take him over Harabal. I wouldn't. Um, the rest of the guys, it's possible he could be better than. I just, I'd like to have seen him more, so I just wasn't ready to, to go down that road. But I think a, a good Mem Cup could really help him. Yeah. Turning to Thomas Suchanek of the of Czechia. 
plays for Tri-City in the USHL. He's an overager. He's yeah. 20 years old, has not been drafted yet, um, but had a really solid World Juniors with a big win over Team USA, 35 saves in 38 shots. Um, they had that overtime loss to Canada in the final. Uh, real heartbreaking for them, but turned in an excellent tournament where he was you know, on the tournament all-star team, best goals against average, best save percentage, uh, you know, top three player on the team. He was um, just a, a real standout in that tournament. Yeah, going back to that tournament's notes, um, you know, I like that he um, was tough and, and um, stopped shots up high, which are hard to do. He's big. He takes up a lot of net, and, and he was good on um, stopping breakaways and one-on-one situations. So, I did have that for him. Uh, I don't have a lot else because, again, I don't see a ton of Tri-City, and he hasn't been on my radar. Uh, I do think he's draftable, but the problem is if someone's taking him, they're doing it in, like, the seventh round, sixth, seventh round. So I gave guys that would go before then, you know? So that's – Right. But I think it's possible he goes this time. But if he doesn't, he'll be one of those guys that ends up, you know – signing as a free agent one day or, or just never playing in the NHL. He's like, it's that it's going to be that way for him. I feel. Yeah. He might go later in the draft uh, might be available in the fourth or fifth round. Yeah. I think even maybe even later than that, but yeah, definitely later in the draft for sure. All right. And Calvin Vachon, Russ, talk to us about this guy who has an NHL legacy. Yeah. I mean, Rogie is his grandfather. Rogie was a big time goalie. Originally for the Canadians, but I also watched him on the Kings. Uh, you know, when the Kings weren't great, he was a reason they, uh, you know, they had a great line, they did. And he was, you know, he kept them in it for many, many years. Uh, I liked him. I felt like he had, Rogie, this is, had a lot of chops. So now you, you talk about his grandson and, you know, he's at Shattuck and he's killing it there. Uh, I, did, right. I did see him uh, in the tournament and, you know, I thought he did really well. There was a, a great save that he made on uh, Haltonen, uh, who was uh, up in this draft for Finland. And, you know, I thought he performed well. I don't think he was um, great, but I thought he was good. And I feel like could the Kings or somebody like that, the Kings, the Red Wings, one of those teams that, that Rogie played for, draft him in the, you know, fifth, sixth or seventh round? Yeah, I think it's possible. Well, you mentioned the Kings and he grew up in the junior LA Kings program and that's where he learned how to goaltend. So I think that would make a lot of sense for him. Um, Also like going to Shattuck St. Mary's is very prestigious. So, you know, there is that legacy. He is on the young side. He's actually not turning 18 until July. So, you know, he may take an extra year to develop because of that. And that, that's something to consider. It is something to consider. Um, he's That's one of those things where a team can decide and maybe everybody's going to decide and no wait and they won't um, do anything. You know, when he did play in the uh, in the Holika Gretzky, you know, his save percentage was 868. But I thought it was he had one good game, one, eh, you know, mediocre game. I, th- I think if my memory serves, that's how it was. So I, I saw some good things. and. Again, I would put a late rounder on him based on the fact that he's got the name. He's also going to Shattuck, so it's not like you're drafting Marty Brodeur's son and and hoping he turns into a goalie because that you know he was an okay goalie, but it didn't. This is better than that, and then there's still right. a, you know a bloodline too. So I, I take a chance on it. 
All right. These are some, you know, lower round options for the Flyers. Certainly nobody that we would burn a third round pick on. No. But uh, definitely goaltenders worth considering then. In the meantime, we have your mailbag questions and we will get to them coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs. Right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. And uh, with the NBA playoffs, I don't know, man. It's been a weird, weird playoffs, but the Nuggets are looking like maybe they got a shot here. First time ever. Yeah. The best parts about betting on FanDuel are that they have great promotions every day. They've got a safe and secure app and you'll get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Wrapping up the week with your mailbag questions, uh, we got some real good ones out there. Randy in Toronto, um, bless you for being a Flyers fan in Toronto, Randy. Um, The struggle must be real. The Leafs are so good that you have to really make a difficult choice there. Based on that, he brings up an interesting trade proposition um, with the Leafs in turmoil and maybe willing to make some desperation moves or or whatnot um randy suggests travis connecting and ivan Provorov to toronto for william nylander yeah i understand that trade um for the toronto perspective from the flyers perspective it's like are you now going to take nylander and in a year going to have to give him a long-term deal that's the problem with right. that deal and i'm going to have to stay away from it because of that so I don't think it's going to happen based on that. Yeah, I think sort of in a vacuum, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, but I think also where the Flyers are in this rebuild, it's like almost a year too early to get a Nylander. Right. Right. That, you know, if a year from now. Let's... Year with another year and then then you could sign into a long-term deal. Yeah, maybe it makes a little more sense. Yeah, I think that, that you know, a year from now, it would, it would make more sense. Uh, Randy had a couple other suggestions as well for some rule changes. Uh, Want to bring up one of them, uh, which is intriguing and see what you think, Russ. Teams should stop switching ends after periods since no one wants uh, games or series decided by the long change. Yes or no? No, that's a part of the strategy. Just you got to coach that too bad. I think for me, the reason why you have to keep it is because of ticket sales. That you know, if you're if you got season tickets, it's it's cheaper at the end where your team only shoots once right. as opposed to twice. And you need to be able to have that in your sales and your ticketing pricing Absolutely. structure. That's smart, actually. I, I hadn't thought of that. That's really good. Yeah, it, it's really from a business perspective. I mean, on ice, it is kind of weird that they do that. <laughs> but um, I enough, think... it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. All right. Chuck wanted to suggest uh, a new initiative or a new old initiative to help the Flyers experience. And we talked about that with Steph Driver on the Wednesday show. 
Uh, Chuck suggests to bring back the Meet the Flyers event after the regular season roster is set with a live audience, stream it, you know, interview everybody. And it's a fun way to get the fans excited for the new season. I have attended the Meet the Flyers event in the past and always had a good time. And uh, what are your thoughts, though, Russ? My thoughts are it's fine. Um, If you're going to get everybody in there uh, the day before training camp starts, that's fine. Because I'm telling you, the minute training camp starts, Tortorella is going to frown on this. Like, it's never going to get off the ground. But if you plan it for the day... What's at the end of training camp? Yeah, so the end of training camp, Torts isn't going to do it. That's why I'm saying do it at the beginning of training camp when everybody's there. You pull the, you know, the 10 guys that you're knowing are going to make the team or something and and put them out in front. Because I do like the idea of getting them um, some extra media time and time with the fans. But Torts is never going to go for it. I don't know. He may be forced into something like this because of <laughs> the overall business goals and, yeah. and what Keith Jones has in mind. And Good luck. I, I don't know. I, don't, I, I think it's I like the idea. I just, I'm yeah. choosing the, the timing of it because I know the coach, but yes, I'm for it. Yeah, me too. Uh, Glenn wants to know uh, how will the Flyers approach free agency and how should they? And are those different? Well, they are different because. They're going to approach free agency like, hey, we're just going to get like a Justin Braun type for the third line for one year. And they're probably thinking they're going to get a one-year goalie, even though we've pointed out you should probably get a two-year goalie. And they're going to do that and not much else. Maybe they'll get a penalty killer for John so John doesn't talk about the penalty kill so much anymore. And that's that. My my whole thing is uh, trade a player or two get somebody with even a three-year term that is on the edge of when your rebuild's done, who could penalty kill, who could score a little bit and won't break the bank, but do that and also get that other defender. But again, don't do the one-year plug, get at least two years. So at least by year three of this rebuild, then maybe you don't need them anymore. But that's the thing I'm trying to, I want to more, more or less bridge the gap with these signings and if the guy's that good, then, you know, I keep it going. I don't want anybody really old, but I think the flyers are looking at all like one year guys. And I don't, I don't like that. Yeah. I think, you know, it's a tough thing to do to try and sign guys that are absolutely temporary, right. Yeah. That aren't just fourth liners. That's the problem. You need your, we're going to need to fill in some roles, maybe on the third line. Definitely on the third the, line. Yeah. Yeah. That can step up due to injuries and play second line minutes. And those kind of guys that are quality aren't necessarily going to want to sign with the Flyers Correct. at this point in the rebuild. And that puts them in a very difficult position for this free agency. And so, you know, you would hope that they would at least get one or two free agents in you know with some skill level that can help carry this team and then you know if they're going to fill in the rest with older guys that are mostly going to play fourth line minutes or sit in the press box I'm okay with that but it is going to be an extremely tough job for Danny Breer to to do this in the best way possible yeah see I would rather backfill with two of these players that I talked about one of them being a goalie one of them being a scorer and then use the youth but I have a feeling yep. John's not going to want to have as much youth on the blue line to start the year. I think that's the struggle. Yeah, I, I absolutely think so as well. And 
man, to be a fly on the wall in those conversations oh, yeah. between Danny and Torts, uh, trying to put all of that together. It, it, it would be a time. Well, I'm Keith Jones now, too. Yeah, absolutely. All right. The last question. Uh, what level of play would you say the world championships is at this point and what can we take away from it? Yeah. So right now I wouldn't even call it AHL because the AHL has more structure than this. Uh, this year, the talent level's down a little bit. It reminds me of um, a couple of years ago, world juniors, world juniors at its best, just below AHL. That's what I think we're looking at for most of the teams. Again, France, Czechia, you know, those kinds of teams. Yes, they could play defense, but a lot of them have very little offense. So I think that's what we're looking at. Yeah, as if you're a player, you still got to, you know, do your part. But even when you look at this U.S. team who might get, you know, a gold medal, which they haven't done in a million years in the world championships, there's a reason. Go look at Canada's roster. Nobody showed up. They could have gotten all great Leafs, and otherwise none of those players wanted to come. So you have to you have to look at it with you have to take it with a grain of salt because of that. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, it's been a fun tournament to watch. Yeah, I mean, this uh, game was all right. It wasn't terrible. I'm hoping the next couple will be better. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah. I have not tuned in much at all, though. I haven't. Um, I definitely have watched quite a bit of it, and it's just been a nice, fun thing to have uh, on in the background mm -hmm. and. Um, get to see some, I had some players in, in a different environment. That was really good. You should watch Love and Death. That's excellent on Apple+. Plus. All right. On that note, uh, that will do it for today's show and for the week. We will, of course, be back on Monday with the latest Flyers news and our nemesis of the week. And we'll be digging more into draft content as well as uh, what the Flyers should and will be doing the remainder of this off season. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. If you want your question answered on the show, you can tweet us at Lockdown Flyers, email us at lockdownflyers at gmail, or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at R Miriam. That's R M I R I A M. I'm Russell at Sportsology, S P O R T S O L O G Y. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend.